welcome, friend, to Godly Voice Notes, a podcast which explores how we can live holy lives as ordinary people called to live extraordinarily in Christ Jesus. May this be a sacred space of informal and rich conversation in which we fearlessly address gritty issues with sincerity, fun and practical application. I hope that together we grow, question and pray on this journey deeper into our God-given faith and that through it we are equipped to become more God-fearing, spirit-hungry and biblically grounded. a podcast on what has to be one of my favourite topics, joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That is what we learn from Nehemiah. And before I delve into this, I want to read something from Isaiah 55 to act as a prayer for what I'm about to share. My word that proceeds from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and it will prosper where I send it. Lord God, I just want to pray over what I'm about to share, that this would be words from you, that they would not return to you empty, but they would accomplish in the lives of those who are listening, whatever it is you want to do in their lives. And Lord God, we pray that all that you are doing would prosper. Amen. So um, I remember a friend asking me in small group once, what verse summarised my why. And at first I didn't really know what he meant, but he wanted to know a verse that basically explained what made me tick, what made each and every one of us there get out of bed in the morning. And that verse from Nehemiah sprung to mind straight away. And it made me want to learn why did Nehemiah record that? Why is that in that book? And if you go to that passage, Essentially, they are teaching the people about God's holy law because the people have wandered far from the holy life that God set out for them. And it's a time where they are turning back, where they are relearning as a nation how to walk in step with the Lord, which each of us are trying to learn. And we've probably all been through that very same moment when we turned back to the Lord or turn to the Lord for the first time. I know for me um, when that was and when we do that sometimes we see our sin for the first time, we feel so guilty and shame filled and it is probable that that's what happened to the people in that time. Ezra was reading them the law and telling them all about the holy lives they needed to live and they probably realised that they had not been living that that way for a long time. And so they begin to weep. And um, they're told by Ezra, don't weep, don't grieve. Yes, it might be that sometimes we see our sin, we feel our guilt, but actually God offers us joy. And that's why he says to the people, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And he Uh, tells people to celebrate a holy day to the Lord, to enjoy choose choice food, sweet drink, and to send those to others who have not prepared those things. So joy is something we need to be sharing. It is something that is associated with holiness, being set apart for the Lord. 
And he goes on to say, be still. And it's really easy to think of joy as uh, really busy and quick and exciting and zealous and, um, you know, noisy singing and shouting and dancing. But there's also a stillness to joy that we shouldn't forget. There's a there's a deep confidence that joy gives us in the Lord. They then go through the steps that were needed to be gone through to celebrate in a holy way. And it says they hadn't celebrated like this in a long time. And obviously it took energy to do that. And it seems that they got their energy from the joy that they were told to uh, receive, the joy that was their strength. And it says that when they had celebrated like this, their joy was very great. So joy does link very closely to celebration. And um, there's obviously a very important example from Jesus's life, which relates to joy, which is again a time of celebration. At the wedding in Cana, the wine ran out. And in Jewish culture, wine represented joy. So not only had the drink run out, but also the joy of the celebration was about to run out. What a crisis they were in. And Mary ran to Jesus knowing somehow she knew so much about him and she knew that he could solve the problem. And she went to him and said, Jesus, you need to solve this problem. And Jesus restored the joy, not just what was already needed, but he went over and above what was needed. They calculate that it was probably an equivalent to about 800 bottles of wine that he produced from the water in the purification jars. And that is just such a great reminder of the abundance of the blessings of our Lord. He doesn't just want to fill up a cup. He wants to overflow our cup. He wants there to be so much joy in our lives that it overflows into the lives of others. And it's great to look at how wine, that image of wine, can teach us more about joy. Because wine in those days needed to be made fresh. If it was left or it wasn't stored correctly, it became stale or old. And joy is something that we are refilled with, that we need to renew, that we need to choose daily. Also, wine is something that obviously matures, a good vintage wine. And that is something true of joy. We need to let it come to maturation. We need to practice it. We need to grow it. And again, it's something that we can share with others. It was um, an example, a testimony, that miracle that Jesus performed. But it was also amazing that it was all centred around uh, wine, which was an image of joy. Another question someone once asked me, it was at a seminar actually, was what is my barometer? Um, And this lady asked it to all of us in the room and you could tell everyone was in a bit of stump silence. But when she shared what was a barometer for her, um, it really helped uh, me grasp what she meant. Although I can't remember her example, I know that for me it was joy. I know when I am wandering from my walk with the Lord because my joy dampens. That confidence, that deep sense of love and peace and identity and um, hopefulness and um, all that is joy, zealousness, it, it just feels 
dull and um, lifeless. And um, it's a really great reminder for me. I know when I am drawing close to the Lord because I feel such a deep sense of joy. And I think Romans 12 describes it really nicely. It says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. The idea of spiritual fervour, it's not about external expression of joy, although joy does manifest externally and we'll look at um, how singing and clapping and dancing can be part of um, an expression of joy. But it's about spiritual fervour. It's about a service to God. It's about choosing to um, be in a joyful state before him. And um, it's important to note that joy is a fruit of the spirit. So in Galatians, we read that and there are so many fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. And that all of those things are um, important in our lives. And joy is one of them. And the idea of them being fruit shows that they need to grow. And they're not something that we can make happen. It's a fruit of the spirit. So by drawing close to the spirit, um, and we can do that in many ways through um, reading the word of the Lord, through being in community with fellow Christians, um, through prayer, um, and being open to the spirit, allowing the spirit to move in our life. That is how we grow those fruit. And sometimes you might not notice how much you've grown in a certain fruit of the spirit because maybe you see it each day in the same way that if you stared at an apple tree, you wouldn't really notice the size of the apples change. But those who don't see you for a little while and then see you a while later might just think, hmm, something's really changed there. And um, I love that. Uh, image of fruit reminds me also that um, it's not just us that have the privilege of being joyful but actually throughout uh, the word of God it describes creation as expressing joy so in Psalm 65 we see the sunset and valleys and meadows teeming with abundance um, expressing joy and in Isaiah 55 it talks about the trees of the field clapping uh, their hands with joy and I love that idea that the whole of creation is sort of dancing and singing for joy for the Lord and we need to join that song join creation and sometimes when I don't feel so joyful. Creation is a really good reminder for me to be joyful. Now the word joy, where does that come from? Where does enjoy or rejoice come from? So uh, the Latin word gaudere is the root of it, which then through old French in joie uh, became joy, rejoice. Um, and that Latin word meant to cause joy too. And that got me thinking, joy isn't just something you feel. It's actually something that it, it caused joy to something. It, it has a direction. It is something that goes towards someone. And that made me think, well, it's obvious how we give joy to God. That is rejoicing. That is praising him. That is coming before him in worship. And I just um, want to share a few verses that really make me think of that. So Psalm 37 talks about taking delight in the Lord. 
Um, another psalm says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And Psalm 40, may all who see you rejoice. And that is our cry and how the devil must quake when he hears that. So who else can we cause joy to? Or who else is affected by joy? Joy affects us massively. When you practice joy, you will see a transformation in your life. When I was looking um, through sort of different uh, definitions and uh, roots of the words, um, joy and rejoice. I came across the words saturated and infused with life. I don't know about you, but I think that's a really beautiful expression of what I see when I see people who are joy filled. They just seem so infused with life. And it's that fullness that Jesus talked about, that Jesus came, that we might have life and live it to the full. He wants us to enjoy the abundance of blessings that his and our heavenly father has got stored up for us and of course joy has a huge effect on others it is something that is not depleted when we share it if anything it is increased joy is something that should overflow into the lives of others around us it should be something which is infectious and it is if you meet someone who's joyful it puts a smile on your face it makes you just well up and even if you see that sort of very peaceful still version of joy it calms your soul somehow and joy isn't just to be shared with our fellow brothers and sisters but it's actually a testimony of our lives it is a witness in um, Philippians after Paul talks about rejoicing he says let your gentleness be evident to all I hope and I pray that our joy as we cultivate it becomes evident to all around us. It is such an attractive quality. It is such a beautiful quality that God wants to fill us each with. And that idea of sharing joy and how fellowship can produce joy is shown in Philippians 1 when Paul says that he's praying with joy because of the partnership in the gospel that he has with the people of Philippi and the fact that they share in grace together. In fact, he has this sort of internal almost dialogue where he's sort of trying to decide, does he want to die to be with the Lord Jesus or does he want to be on earth to continue the work here? And he decides that he wants to continue on earth or at least he feels that the Lord will keep him on earth. And do you know the reason that he says for that? He says, I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. His commitment and his faithfulness is in order to grow joy in the faith in the people of Philippi. How amazing. And a few chapters later, he actually describes the people of Philippi as being his joy and his crown. And I just think that is so beautiful that um, they would be his joy. A few things that I think are important to say about joy. It is different to happiness. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. Happiness is very much dependent on the circumstances that we are in, whereas joy is not dependent on the circumstances of our lives. So we can read in Romans 12 that we should be joyful in hope, patient in affliction and faithful in prayer share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. 
we're being encouraged by Paul here and he was writing to people in Rome to choose joy even when life is hard, to be patient even when you're suffering and to be faithfully praying. And that is something that is still true for us today. Another great example is um, in the book of Habakkuk, which is a lesser known book probably. Um, But this is a minor prophet who's crying out to God, how long will the injustices continue? How long will the people, uh, the chosen people, rebel against you? And God's response is quite um, unexpected. He says that he's going to bring an oppressive nation to um, essentially oppress the Israelite people. And poor Habakkuk, I think that drives him to a bit of despair. And he sort of cries out to God, "Why, why is that your solution? And how often are the solutions that we receive from God not what we wanted, not what we would have chosen if we were in God's position? So Habakkuk is just in a really difficult time in history and the message he receives from the Lord uh, may not seem a circumstance to rejoice, but he chooses to rejoice. Listen to this passage at the end of the book. He has a prayer and he is singing. It says this is on his stringed instrument. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. How amazing! that God is our strength and we can choose to rejoice in God. We can choose to be joyful in God, our saviour, even when we literally don't have any food in the pantry. Our entire nation is rebelling against God and the, you know, potential answer that is coming looks tragic. We can still choose to rejoice in the Lord and that is so powerful. So joy is not dependent on circumstances, it is a choice we make and um, it is something we need to cultivate in ourselves. It is um, not the same as happiness, it is an experience and in Philippians Paul says rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. He needed to repeat that because it's not easy to always rejoice in the Lord. It's much easier to rejoice in the Lord when you are living in a time of plenty and life's going really well and you can see God's blessings in your life. But what about when life's really hard and life's really tragic? How do we find joy? And the joy of the Lord is found throughout scripture. The joy of the Lord can be drawn from our prayer life with God. It can be drawn from fellowship with friends. It needs to be drawn from the promises that God has given us for eternity. Because God has a plan to wipe every tear. God has a plan to eradicate all mourning. And it's not that he says, just, you know, smile your way through life. No, it does say in the Bible, mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. So we need to have appropriate emotions, but we are told to rejoice always in the Lord because there is always something to be thankful for in who he is and what he has given us and what he has promised us. 
So essentially, as God's glory is our ultimate goal, as we will one day be in the presence of the King, there's always a reason to rejoice. There's always a reason to fill yourself with joy and let joy be a foundation in your life, something which is unshakable, irrespective of circumstance. I believe that joy allows us to love the Lord with all our heart, our soul, our mind and our strength. It is a song that bursts from within us, whether physically or in the song of our heart. It is something that cannot be contained and it will spread. It will infect others in such a beautiful and powerful way. We need to be using our relationships to inspire and infuse one another with the joy that we desire in our own hearts and we desire to be abundant in the life of our brothers and sisters. We need to remind ourselves to choose joy by going back to the word which tells us over and over again of the story of joy that God has written, the future of joy that we have to look forward to. And we need to be patient because it will take time and it isn't always easy to rejoice in difficult times. It isn't easy to be joyful in hope. But if we can persevere and we can grow that, then we know there will be so much blessing and so much peace and wholeness and praise that comes from that. Let me pray over us. Father God, I thank you so much for the joy that you give. Thank you that it is something that you have in abundance for us. And it's something you want to fill us to unending measure with, that we may overflow into other people's lives, sharing and spreading your joy. We pray, Father God, that we would always remember to give you joy, that we would rejoice in you, that we would give you adequate praise and worship, that we would taste and see how good you are, we would delight in you, that we would always be seeing your hand through the creation and through each and every one of these holy creatures around us that we get to call brothers and sisters. Help us to draw close to you today and to choose joy, to practice joy, to cultivate joy in one another. We ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me for this podcast today. I pray you've been inspired, encouraged and challenged. If so, please subscribe to the podcast and tune in next week for a brand new episode. Also, if you know anyone else who you think would find it useful, then please share this with friends, families and your church groups. Feel free to contact us with any topic ideas or if you feel inspired to come on as a guest. Most importantly, go out this week and shine like stars for the Lord. Thanks so much for listening to episode one of Godly Voice Notes. I hope you enjoyed it and that you're going to tune in to the next episode. Please do contact me either by email at godlyvoicenotes at gmail.com 
or by WhatsApp uh, on the number plus four four seven three seven seven nine zero zero one two six. I'd love to hear any questions, comments, ideas, uh, particularly on this episode or on others, because uh, I'd love to make a part B on the topic of joy with um, any responses that I have. So feel free to send me a message or on WhatsApp, you can send me a voice note. And if you'd like that to be part of a future episode, I can always embed those. So thanks for listening. Do follow me on Instagram and look forward to tuning in next time.